Here's our animal expert, Chris Morgan. Here's a show you're not going to want to miss at the Mount Baker Theater next month. A Life in the Wild from Pythons to Polar Bears. And we will have some tickets. And Chris Morgan. And Chris, like you, we, we were talking about um, uh, how, with the listeners this morning, how they've encountered animals on their turf. As Brad pointed out, you usually go to the animal's turf and encounter them, <laughs> right? It's not the... <laughs> Are you suggesting that I'm looking for trouble? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> well, you're a professional. You know, you can you can seek them out. Did you? Sometimes, you... sometimes I am, but sometimes I'm completely out of my element. I mean, I know bears and cougars and wolves really well, but you know, when it comes to Burmese pythons and other more <laughs> tropical species, I am no expert. So it's a bit of a learning curve. Well, in all the years you've been doing this and all the different animals, did you ever feel like you? Was there ever a time when you felt like? you were in trouble. Like, okay, maybe this, I've overreached here. You know, there's a lot of times when I feel like uh, I've been approached or I've approached by mistake bears in Alaska, you know, grizzly coastal brown bears up in Alaska. But every single time they seem to do the right thing. It's amazing, you know. So this this one time, they always surprise you. This one time I jumped off the skiff onto a sandy beach in, in Katmai National Park up in Alaska. It's the densest population of brown bears on earth practically there. And I get up above this sort of rise in the sand dunes, and there's two giant brown coastal brown bears in front of me, about, oh, only about 100 feet away. And they look like siblings, and they were grazing on sedges at the time, heads down into the sedges like grasses, you know, just feeding. And they both noticed me. One of them stood up on its back legs, looked like it had never seen a person before, which it probably hadn't and bolted in the opposite direction about 30 <laughs> miles an hour. The other one, probably its brother or sister, sort of looked up and went, meh, and then just went straight back to grazing sessions again. It couldn't care less. So, you know, every bear's different, and every encounter's different, but fortunately so far, they've all been very, very, very patient bears with me. But Have you ever yeah. have you gone to some place where you, you are going out to observe animals uh, like you do, but then you come back to your you know, base camp or whatever your base camp is, and something has invaded your space there? Oh, mosquitoes, i got to say, you know, leaving the tent open, <laughs> leaving the tent open in the Alaskan Brooks Range when we were searching for caribou up there and forgetting to close my tent door and coming back, and there were as many mosquitoes inside my tent as there were outside. So that, <laughs> that made for several sleepless nights there. But, you know, the biggest one, I think, you know, is, is the Burmese python story. And I think I told you a couple of these stories before. Uh, earlier this year, we were down in Florida and uh, uh, tracking Burmese pythons in a place where they don't belong. They're an invasive species down there. So we went out with some python bouncy hunters. So people go out looking for these pythons in the Florida Everglades to try and remove them because they're eating everything. And while we were there, it was, it was insane being with these guys. You know everything about these snakes. They're out every day trying to catch them. We jump off the truck, and uh, there's this python at the side of the, side of the road, right, right by the side of the highway. We jump off the back of the truck. You know, we've got these big floodlights looking in the, in the bush. Jump down, grabbed a python by its head. They, they sent me in, of course. I'm not sure. I think I was the new guy. So they said, Chris, why don't you grab this one? So I grabbed it. Man, the thing was 10 feet long unbelievable and it coiled around me immediately you know and it's just trying to struggle and then as as i'm struggling and it's struggling i've got it by the head i noticed there was this kind of american football shape in the middle of its body it looked like it had literally swallowed a football <laughs> but come to find out it wasn't it was uh it was an opossum it had eaten a possum 
and that's the problem. These these alligators are they're eating all of the wildlife that belongs there, but they're invasive species that have just you know taken over. It's it's an incredible place. Next day we were out uh, another uh, another snake, another Burmese python, and um, it had captured. We 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 were actually releasing this one because it was tagged, so we could then follow it and figure out where it was going and what it was eating. Two days before, when that snake was was captured, this one was fifteen feet long weighed a hundred pounds, a hundred pound snake. Two days before it had eaten a six foot alligator. <laughs> and then when these, when these, when these bounty hunters caught it, it regurgitated that six foot alligator as well. Oh. So not is it only impressive that oh. it eats it in the first place, but then it pukes it up as a defense mechanism when it's handled. You know, mm. these things are absolutely amazing. It's not surprising they're so successful, you know? So it strangles it and then it opens its Give yeah. me a 30 second explanation as to how all this happens. Well, they smell it and they feel the sensation of movement on the ground. And in this case, it was a big python, 15 feet long. So you can imagine it hiding under the brush, into the brush, in, in the Everglades, right by the edge of the water, right by the marshlands there. And it sometimes senses the water movement of an alligator or of another creature, and they'll eat almost anything that they can get their mouth around, including deer. These things eat deer. Oh. They've been found with bob bobcats inside them. But in this case, it was an alligator, and you can imagine the snake looking through the brush thinking, yeah, it's a six-footer, maybe it's <laughs> five or four. I could probably take it. So it grabs the grabs the alligator, coils around it, basically squeezes quietly and gradually the life out of this alligator which you can imagine the fight and the thrashing around in the water it's unimaginable really squeezes the life out of the alligator and then swallows it and uh in in, in its entirety you know stretches its mouth wide open and swallows it down and, and uh, doesn't need to eat for another three or four or five weeks you know oh, so uh, it's like me after thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> But it was amazing to see this thing, you know, that, that had actually eaten that alligator. You can't help but be impressed by them. But there's a lot of people trying to make sure that they remove them from the Everglades. But it's a bit of a losing battle because these snakes are so prolific and, and so it, good at what they do. And if the snakes take out certain elements of the animal chain, that screws up the whole the whole chain, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're eating so many prey species that other resident species might eat, including cougars and bobcats. You know, they eat bobcats themselves, but more importantly, they're eating things like the possums and the other species that the, that the other creatures need, the resident uh, native species need. So it's a huge problem. Chris um, they probably escaped. Yeah, they probably escaped at some point from the pet industry as a theory. Yeah. Chris Morgan, uh, A Life in the Wild from Pythons to Polar Bears at the Mount Baker Theater. Get your tickets now. You're going to hear stories about, well, you'll hear stories, and I'm sure pictures and, I don't know, video too, Chris? Are you going to, pictures and video? I imagine you'll have all yeah, that. Yeah, t- tons of stories. I like I like a bit of inspiration, a bit of sort of information, and uh, a bunch of laughter as well. So yeah. videos and film clips from my National Geographic and PBS shows and, and uh uh, stories from all around the world, including a lot of the things that we've been doing in the wild, the podcast that we make. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, let's come back, and then you can talk about the Redwoods and the guy you you were the the guy who was high on mushrooms in the Redwoods forest, right? That's you. You were on a tree. I hope he wasn't up one of those trees too. We'll find out from Chris Morgan next.